0: You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org.
1: Help keep nonprofit food radio on the air and get a limited-release HRN t-shirt designed by artist Chema Scandal. When you become an HRN member or renew your existing membership at the $90 level, You'll receive a shirt created exclusively for members as our thank you gift. Don't wait because this limited edition t-shirt is only available until December 31st. Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate to support HRN at any level. There's more swag and benefits available for any tax-deductible donation. You can even get your company on the HRN Airwaves as a perk of our business membership program. Head to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate.
2: We talk about food. We talk about music. With musical dudes. Finger on the pulse. Snacky tunes.
0: Hello and welcome to Snacky Tunes. I am one half your host, Darren Bresnitz. Congratulations to all the California restaurants who were recognized by the Michelin Guide this week, and to all the L.A. restaurants who made it onto the L.A. Times 101 restaurant list. It's great to see the community recognized, and if you want to check out some new spots or turn to some old haunts, the holiday season is a great time to do this. Speaking of new restaurants, we are so excited to have Avish Naran, who is the restaurant tour founder of Piha Palace in Silver Lake. It is a new type of sports bar that we have yet to see that combines Italian food with Indian food in a very nice neighborhood spot. He talks about breaking the rules, his recent accolades, and how he hopes to redefine what the sports bar can be in the modern restaurant era. Then we hit the archives for a live in-studio performance by CJ Fly, rapper and founding member of the hip-hop collective Pro Era. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy Snacky Tunes here on Heritage Radio Network Yo yo
3: Was one of the happiest fellas when I first met Bella We started off as just friends and exchanged love letters became best friends and figured there was no one better I told her we was gonna be homies forever you're not the type that I would to meet More from the magazine, not on the street Feeling like the man when she would walk with me Her mom is a lawyer, her daddy a cop Got another chick on the side, but I ain't scared of her pops She don't talk about her family a lot When I'm with her, she love to stare at her watch I connected the dots Third eye squinting, cause I'm trying to see things through Figured out what we gonna do Kinda hungry, let's go eat some food To Little Italy, her family spot I'm trying to change my diet so I won't be having a lot know the head said, when you go to sit Facing the door, so you can gaze at the floor in case of breaking the wall We walked in, they sat us down pronto Had a short combo, and even I know Not to hurt my Italiano She told me, get her a drink and be ready for this I said, what? Her dad popped up and started Asking for a wedding and said, let me know When I got a reverend friend It's either you get her a ring or we In the ring, her brother asked me if I wanted A slice, So tell him one would be nice I sat there hoping he ain't come with his knife I'm in a love triangle How did I get into this love triangle? <laughs> Love Triangle. Fuck <laughs> don't give a shit I'm infamous
0: for having chicks. Avish, welcome to Snacky Tunes Thank you for taking the time uh, Out of your schedule Today's a busy day because it is the morning Before the LA Times 101 Best Restaurant list Is announced tonight, so I know you'll be at the event, I know you're waiting For that ranking to come out, so we... We are thankful for you making the time.
4: Of course. We're excited. Thank you for having us.
0: Um, let's not bury the lead. Congratulations. pija Palace, Eaters LA Restaurant of the Year, also on the Michelin Bib Gourmand list. How do you feel? What do these accolades mean to you?
4: It feels great to be recognized um, in the company that we're recognized in. Um, it's, it's cool, man. I don't think there's a... I don't think that... Especially as a sports bar, I don't know that there's been a lot of people, I don't know that there's been a lot of sports bars that have been recognized in Michelin or as either restaurant of the year. So that's kind of cool.
0: I would say probably outside the UK, you probably don't get like a lot of, like the UK gets a couple of like pubs that get grandfathered in. But in America, I definitely can't say of another like casual sports bar vibey place that's gotten that level of accolade
4: wow, that's a thing though. I, I got to look, I got to, you just put me on to something. Like I got to look up the London history now.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Every once in a while, London gets, you know, some of the places that have like been around for a while. Okay, um, word. You know, there was this line in the original Eater review um, about your commitment to delivering a dining experience that no one really asked for, which I thought is, pretty amazing because in some ways you know this industry is so tough as it is but i feel like people like oh i'm just gonna go out and do the same thing and try and recreate this success of something that already exists but maybe seen through their own filter you created something that was pretty unique which i think is sort of fundamentally at the core of your success but what what did you want to do what did you want to say in starting the restaurant
4: Well, I don't know that I I set out to say anything. Like, we didn't know. Uh, When we opened Puget Palace, I was relatively unknown. Nobody knew who the fuck Miles was. Like, we were just, like, two guys who just, you know, Miles was coming off um, being a sous chef at Roberta's, and, like, I was opening up my first restaurant, and staffing was really difficult. It was a weird period of time, but I just wanted to open up a sports bar um, with great food, a lot of sports. I like sports bars. I like... Growing up in L.A., you know, there's so many mm-hmm. so many great sports teams. Even this year, like, when the Lakers are down, when um, the Dodgers are down, like, even LAFC won something. So it's just, like, so yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. It's just uh, – I don't know. I just wanted to do something, like, sports-oriented. Um, everything that happened after that, kind of crazy. Um, but, yeah, I also – you know what? You, I also feel like um, – you're right when you said that, like, a lot of people tend to, like, just do the same stuff that's been around for, like, decades. Mm-hmm. I think this is the easiest industry to succeed by doing something different. Um, but I think that, like, we're the industry, like, they kind of train you to do the same shit over again. Like, culinary mm. school changed for fucking years. We're still, like, when was the last time you and your boys were like, let's go out and get a Coco Vaughn?
0: Oh, I mean, uh, last night, you know, I was like, let's go get some mother sauces. Let's yeah. do some, some like Eurocentric dining. <laughs> y- yeah. I, like,
4: I I think culinary school hasn't changed in a while. And even restaurant management school, like they use like national statistics, which just kind of blows my mind. Like, um, I, did, I, I learned a lot at ice and I'm grateful for mm-hmm, everything that mm-hmm. I, they taught me, but it was just a lot of like, like just they, they train in you to not be the exception when I'm just like okay,
0: fuck all this. Like, what can we do to be different? <laughs> well, I mean, let's just start with the idea of a sports bar. Which, I mean, to be honest, like two years ago, in the middle of the pandemic, the idea of getting together and watching <laughs> sports, which to me, you know, it's like I never watched more sports in my life than during the pandemic. Like that's when I really think I became like a Dodgers fan during like the short season where I watched. Oh, yeah. I was like I can watch all sixty games. I'm just sitting at home. Um, yeah. And so the idea of having this like communal experience uh, was wild then. And, and, you know, having gone in and especially now it's, you know, the world cup and you're like, Oh, sports are like back. And it's very like, let's congregate. Yes. But even the idea of opening up a sports bar is something you don't hear a lot about. Um, it's not something that you really hear about, especially for those who aren't familiar with Silver Lake, like in the super hip part of a town, what, what, was the original idea behind the concept? Like what made you want to open a sports bar? I just, man, it's just this, I grew up like
4: into sports. Like I grew up like my fa I go into like the family barbecues. So much of what my, my youth was just like going to the family barbecues and like sports would be on, everything was centered around sports. Even uh Julio's was like a big part of uh, mm. my my childhood in, in Cerritos. It's a, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's a, it's basically an Indian sports bar. Um, I guess there probably would be no Pizza Palace without Julio's um, pizza. I just, yeah, it's just like I was hellbent on opening up a sports bar. I wanted to go to, a, I wanted to go to a place, watch the game where the floors weren't sticky, where the room wasn't dark, where the food was phenomenal and like where the, the the beverages were like craft you know what i'm saying like crown and coke and like well bar cocktails are cool but i just wanted to like have a cool tailored experience and just watch the game you know like just just we're all there to just like cheer for our team like it's a happy good time like i tried to like get i tried to like push out like you know don't come into the restaurant to think like come mm. in have a good time
0: yeah i i like that approach because a lot of the new restaurants that open it is you're coming in for the experience of what's contained within the restaurant and there's no acknowledgement of the outside world not in a bad way but it's like you're coming here for the conversation for the focus and things like that and intrinsically your place is like no we are nodding to like what is going on outside this world because that's a a core tenet of of who we are And it's just going to create a different experience. Right. I also think the restaurant's a good example of these types of of menus or cuisines that came out of the pandemic that feel super unique, but are really rooted in like a personal story or personal culinary history. Um, How personal is this restaurant to you?
4: Entirely. I mean, I don't know how much of it outside of like, I mean, even, even like it's 110% personal, even, even the new dishes become, even though like, you know, we have multiple minds in the kitchen now, like mm-hmm. it's all just us developing together. Um, the project's super personal, you know, like Pidgeon Palace is like what I've worked hard so hard for over the last decade. Like even if I wasn't working on pizza Palace particularly, like, all of this was driving towards a restaurant in some capacity. Like, I mean,
0: you have a unique background in the um, restaurant industry. You went to culinary school. You have worked in a bunch of different restaurants. Um, and you just alluded to the fact that like, there's always in the back of your mind. Did you have some idea of, of opening up a place from the get-go? Did you know that you wanted to eventually have all roads lead to this spot or how did this idea come together over the years? Where did you pull different little snippets from?
4: Yeah. So, um, definitely wanted to open up my own restaurant. I don't think anybody goes to culinary school if they don't want to open up a restaurant or like be an executive chef one Mm -hmm. day. Um, did that, um, did my externship in a fine dining restaurant, worked in like Indian fine dining for quite some time. And like, I just like didn't like it. Like, I like the food, but I just didn't like all the like foo-foo shit and like looking into the dining room and like, yeah, dude, just like seeing like people in suits and like talking about stocks. And I was just like in the kitchen, like, man, these guys do not give a fuck about us. Like, what are we doing here? Like, Mm. this is just so stupid. And I'm like picking petals and like fucking peeling onions. And like, it just felt so soulless and like, um, it just wasn't for me. Like, and there was like a serious time where I was like, "Man, did I fuck up here? Like, is this the career for me?" And then you know, I just kept thinking about like, okay, like I like Indian food. Um, how can I do something that's still comprehensive, um, but like more casual? And i I, I wanted the I wanted to I wanted to open up a restaurant where like it's still fun for the cooks. Like, we get to come here, we get to think about the mm. dishes, think about like bringing things together. But like, people who come into the restaurant. Um, don't feel bad singing "Happy Birthday" to uh, somebody if it's their birthday, you know. Like, um, and people are, are are more into March Madness brackets than like stocks or Bitcoin or whatever.
0: Oh man, we don't need to talk about Bitcoin on this. Uh, <laughs> but, and I would say that if at some point, if you work in food or tangential to food, and you haven't thought have I made the wrong decision and completely fucked up my life and my career, then you're probably not going to find success. I feel like that is (laughs) an underlying push. Um, Yeah, there is definitely this vibe when you walk into the restaurant that I felt had been lost in some of the places where it's not so much a scene to be seen, but just a place to go enjoy yourself. And as rudimentary as that sounds, You know, and part of it I do think was because of the pandemic and all of us not eating out together, but just the idea of going out and being like, we're just going to go watch a game together, like we're all going to share in this thing that we could really just do in our homes alone is really refreshing. Yeah, well, I kind of also wanted it to feel like just one
4: big ass living room. I mean, yes, I'll talk to people. I'll talk to people. I'll talk to people in the dining room like they're like they're my friends or like I've known them all my life. Like I throw out all the like. Um, management handbook bullshit. Like, (laughs) honestly, I'll just be like, "Yo, brother," like you're not supposed to like. They teach you all this shit. Like, you're not supposed to like gender, like gender, like assume somebody's gender. But I'll do it anyway. I'll be like, "Yo, brother, what's up?" Like, you know. Um, and if if they get corrected, I get corrected. But I just want. I'm just talking to people like I would if they were my friends. Like, there's. I'll swear not at people, but I'll be like, "Yo, man." Did you see that fucking play like crazy? Like oh, like I'll tap people on the back. Like I just wanted to feel like you know we're we're like everybody in the restaurant is a. Uh, I just think about hospitality differently. You know, like I don't think there's a standard for for how staff needs
0: to interact with guests. I just wanted to feel like Pizza Palace. I think if you wrap it up in a different presentation and you say like it's a sports bar and, and we're going to – we're still – it's like a Trojan horse type of way of where you have a sports bar and you're like go in. It's super casual but you get in there and you're like, oh, the food's great and the drinks are great and the vibe great and the management is great. and It's coming from like someone who actually studied this craft and then you're saying this is how I'm going to – we're going to try it and if I get things wrong, they get things wrong. But if I get things right, then it will feel – more authentic or more real to who i am then people keep coming back and it's a different type of experience
4: yeah i hope people feel like that i hope though it's casual people come in there and feel like we're like i did put a lot of effort and work into it and and when do things do go wrong like not all of the dishes i don't know when you Came into dine, but I don't know if like me and Miles and Cameron were always talking about like how we can change the menu. Like we knew that not everything was gonna hit. Like we made mm. up fucking every dish on the menu, so like <laughs> we knew we knew not everything was gonna hit. So immediately, like when things when we start getting feedback on Resi or whatever, we 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 get together and we're like, okay, this needs to change. How do we fix this? How do we edit this? And it's just that process in itself is just fun as well.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. Let's take a quick musical break because I definitely want to get into the food and the process and and how you cool. approached it. Uh, we have a song from the archives uh, here on Snacky Tunes on Heritage Radio Network.
2: Mm-hmm. You're pushing me away from you, and there's nothing I can do. And I can't fight all of your battles for you. You're pushing me away from you. Oh, and I know what I'll do. I'll hop the fit so I can get out of this mess.
0: Welcome back to Snacky Tunes. We are here with Avish Naran of Pija Palace. And, you know, there's always this ongoing conversation and chat about authentic food or authentic approach to food and cooking. And, you know, you grew up in a house uh, that was multi-generational and had two grandmothers who cooked two different types of food. Indian food like and you know you look at this cuisine that is so broad and so vast and has so many different interpretations and then people come in when you try and do something new and they're like that's not authentic that's not that's not this type of cuisine um but I feel like and again I know we talked about this a little bit in act one that like this is really what the new types of restaurants are like where it's like this is my experience like it's rooted in in something that I grew up with, it's rooted in these spices and these flavors. But I'm going to apply it in the way that I want to apply it and still going to be real to me. What you've done is create a very new type of cuisine. And you knew that at some point when you put this out, people were going to have their opinions on it, good or bad. How did you approach developing the menu? And how did you or were you aware that people were going to have a lot to say about what you were creating when you put this menu out? So f- first and
4: foremost, there there wasn't like a linear pathway to how we got to every dish. Um, I can't say. Yeah, some, some of the dishes came together as quickly as like miles would be in the the grocery store and he'd be like man the eggplant's really cheap Indian eggplant's really cheap should we do an eggplant curry pasta and I'd be like dude we should do an eggplant curry curry mm. pasta like, I'd be at the car wash and be like man dude like vodka sauce is really popping like we should try doing an Indian version of it or something <laughs> like that like it, there was no linear pathway some dishes were inspired by other restaurants uh shout out to uh um Pizza in Lakewood um the original chutney pizza um we yeah to do our own chutney pizza um so we did that we uh i really like bar pie um mm-hmm. jersey style bar pie is one of my favorite things so we we use that as a as a vessel for a lot of uh, our indian flavors because there's also not a lot of like save for the fact that it's indian indian pizza like there's we also were very specific in our style of pizza there isn't a lot of bar pie in L. i don't even know if there is any bar pie in la honestly
0: uh, look um, i'm sure there is some weekend pop up yeah. bar pie you, you know probably or some tavern style pizza but yeah no it's it's a very it's a very east coast style cuz i grew up in philadelphia and jersey new york i was in the area and i was like yeah. oh i recognize this style i was like this is refreshing because i have i haven't seen this a lot in la right um i mean you are using a lot of um onion rings, wings, pizza, you know, using a lot of like uh, well-known delivery formats for different types of flavors. How did the process work um, working with Miles? Because um, you definitely had a vision. You definitely have, you know, this really good relationship, which isn't always the case where someone can have this free form back and forth. But I do think like that style style of like creative development, especially when doing the Um, a new menu, a new concept can really lead to new creations. But how does it, I know you mentioned like, oh, I have an idea. You have an idea, but like, what's the deeper process? What's the deeper trust between you two? First of all, shout out to Miles. There's no way in how we would meet
4: anywhere here without Miles. Um, And also like there were plenty of executive chefs who, when I was, when I was opening Pizza Palace and we were seeking, we were seeking out a chef like mm-hmm. there were 15 people who were just like fuck off this is not going to work like and then we literally have messages like dude this is not this concept is not going to work and then Miles came in um he he was introduced to us by Duncan who's a mutual friend he he was a he's a a consultant at New School um, uh, we were I was starting to lose hope too like god damn what am i going to do here cuz like i i cook a little and I, I obviously went to culinary school but i don't have i can't run a kitchen like there's also just like the element of like, um, like before I went to culinary school, I was in design school. So a lot of the Mm -hmm. artistic stuff I like to do myself. Um, but yeah, like, um, we, we, we finally got miles and like, he, 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 he accepted the challenge. I mean, like they, they don't teach Indian food in culinary school and like nobody ever willingly works at an Indian restaurant. Um, who's gone to culinary school. And he was like, you know, this sounds intriguing. And he had a pasta and pizza background coming from Roberta's. And so a lot of those first couple like weeks were us just in the lab, like trying to figure out what works. And he's like, he's like a very agreeable guy. Both of us are like, um, we're we're good, like way of checks and balances, like pitching Mm. things off. And like, I also want to just say that like Cameron has been phenomenal for us. Who's our sous chef. Um, Shout out. yeah, Indian and I mean he's uh he's he's Pakistani and white. So like, um, a lot of the flavors that he brings are similar to the stuff that I grew up cooking and eating as well. Um, the nihari dish, for instance, is a combination of all the stuff that it, the nihari sauce itself is his, and then Miles did all the accoutrements and stuff like that. Like he he's been great. Um, some of the chutneys are his. En- enough credit can't go to the team. They're great.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think you get a spot like this or you don't have a menu like this without a team behind it. Um, You alluded to it earlier as well is that you've had dishes that have missed. Um, And you've, but you're also willing to put dishes on the menu that you know aren't going to work, which let's be honest, like in a razor thin margin world of this food, how do you approach that from a business point of view, knowing that you're going to have misses? Is it, we know that if we move enough, onion rings and 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 old fashions we can cover a couple of specials where does that risk uh management come in
4: it's i think it's just in quick adjustment like we if we see something start to fail we're like okay fucking everybody in the war room right now like let's let's what do we do here um we'll, we'll experiment we never we never think anything is gonna fail, right? Like we'll all taste it, sure, sure, and it'll be sure, sure. yeah. And then, like when we see the public be like, "Okay, this is fucked up," then we'll be like, "Okay, this is fucked up, maybe." And then we gotta switch it up, and then we go from there. But yeah, um, the, at the end of the at the end of the day, like it is a pizza pasta concept, so it's not like we're losing like T-bone steak mm. money. It's 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 we have we i'm not trying to sound like a douchebag but we have a little bit of money to play with no
0: no no um, no, no, no 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 no. it's you're probably, not like you're like the truffles went rotten you, yeah like, right you yeah. know it's like the yeah 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 no 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 i, we'll, I, try I it, got cool.
4: we'll try to fix it quick like if, if something goes bad we'll be like okay let's 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 talk about this
0: and then um we'll come up with something new and you know, it just, the thing about this restaurant is when you look at sort of the national dining scene, it really does feel like something you could really only do in LA. And there's something about it because it's postmodern in some approach, but then it makes total sense in the landscape of this city. And when you see it now, you're like, oh yeah, this seems natural that a place like this would exist. Um, but you broke a mold in many ways, and once you broke the mold, and you f- were, let's be honest, like pretty popular from the day the doors opened. I know I'm sure there's like a couple of weeks where you're like, is anyone really going to crowd us in? But when I was there on a Tuesday night, it was line out the door, people waiting. Um, First two weeks were a- rocky. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry that the first two weeks. Well,
4: I, I was dying. I was like, again, I, I was know, like, man, I, I made a mistake. I was like, oh shit, I, I better apply to college again. Like when are the FAFSA deadlines due? like, I gotta go.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, when do I tell my parents that maybe this yeah. gamble didn't work? Um, yeah. But, but now that you've established yourself, now that you have this place in LA that feels very, very um, well, well suited to the, to the landscape. Is it allowing you to push yourself to go further, to keep taking more risks, to keep trying new things, to keep pushing the boundaries of what you can serve and what you can offer? Of course,
4: I don't think there's a world I succeed without pushing the boundaries a little bit. Like I'm not Indian enough to I'm not Indian enough to be or to be on the level of like like straight Indian chefs cooking Indian food. They've been doing this shit all their life. Mm-hmm. they they all the Indian restaurants in America have. Indian cooks who have moved here. Right. Like sure, there aren't people my age cooking Indian food. Right.
0: Is there, I, I don't know. I mean, I assume that there's some, I mean, look, I think that there is probably a heritage or lineage play where people take over some of the really good restaurants. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 I will admit, I don't know enough to, of the kitchens of like, Who are as who is thirty or forty? Who's saying like I want to open up a traditional spot? Right. This is true, and and
4: I, I just feel like the the best lane for us is is uh is just doing playing our game. Like we don't. I don't know how to do anything else. Like it's also just uninteresting to me to do the same thing that other people are doing. Like. It blows my mind, actually. Like, motherfuckers will go through the effort (laughs) to go through culinary school and, like, working for 10 years, and then they're like, you know what I need to do? I need to open up a restaurant, and we got to serve Cachoe Pepe. I'm like, you could literally Google, like, they teach you how to do that on YouTube. Like, you could just find, figure out how to make... It's just crazy. Like, I just don't understand, like, how you can work for 15 years and then just do something that's already out there. Like, that's just a me thing, though.
0: Well, I mean, you did... Say, um, you know, you view the restaurant as an art project. And I, I did f- say that which I loved because if you put the restaurant through that lens, it makes a lot more sense. Where you're like, I'm gonna pull these different materials, this different palette, and they're all familiar on their own, but I'm gonna make something new. Um Can you expand on this concept and what it means to you as an art project, and how's it evolved since it's opened? Um, I don't know. I just get really
4: particular about like restaurant stuff. I don't really do shit else. I just love restaurants. Like, I just love going to them. Like, I spent the last week in uh, New York, and I was just like enamored by like Mm -hmm. how Daniel Meyer's Union Hospitality Group moves. Like just the way that the, 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 the staff is trained. And then also the uh, unapologetic food squad, um, the Demaca, mm-hmm. Ata team, everything oh, yeah. they touch turns to gold, man. Shout out to them. And then even like double chicken, please. And like the, the, the way they approach, like creating cocktails, I go into every restaurant, like just looking at like stuff like that. And I also have like a creative background going to design school and working for like a gender show and a couple like clothing brands. So like, the art part of it, like um, making our own custom pasta dye with the rickshaw and like um, doing some of the PG palace hand lettering and stuff. Like I just find some of that stuff so interesting. And like, even like um, fitting into that Venn diagram that PG palace tries to fit into. It's like uh, making it approachable for, for diners who just walk in off the street, but also mm-hmm. like people who, who have like fine dining who are just eating it, like, you know, like, like, m- Fine dining restaurants all the time, but also like doing something that's Indian enough where like uh people still Indian people still feel like okay, he's doing something um that that feels Indian, but also like um people who are American are like this is vessel, is something we know, like we're not scared to walk in and try it. It's just like always trying to fit in the middle of something that I enjoy like that. I, that I it's, it's fun. It's, it's, it's genuinely fun. And
0: I hope my staff feels like that as well. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, it feels fun and, and that art project and that pushing it. I mean, I don't know a lot of sports bars in general who have machined their own dye for, uh, for pushing out pasta. You know what I mean? That's what
4: my eventual goal
0: is for for all the sports bars to have their own pasta dies. Yeah. Uh, well, Avish, congratulations on everything. If people want to check out the restaurant, um, follow along in the story, see what new specials pop up on the menu. Where can they go? Where can they check things out?
4: Uh, they can find us on Instagram. Um, and then uh, also follow. Yeah, you can follow us on Instagram. We're working on a couple other things.
0: And then uh, just come visit the restaurant, you know. Amazing. Well, listen, thank you for making the time. Looking forward to uh, seeing you tonight and looking forward to coming back in. I'm sure you're going to be jammed as the World Cup ramps up even more. That'd be great. You think we're going to make the list? Do I think you're going to make the list? Yeah. I mean, yes. Dope. Over
4: or under 50? We'll we'll make a shot bet.
0: I would say under 50. Okay. Under means... One like through 50 what? or 50 at through 100. Well, technically, one through 49. Or you, say, or you could say one through 50 if you want to just get in there at the fives. Um, what do you think?
4: I would be happy to, I, I would have be happy to make it on the list. I'm going to say probably 50 through 100 because, like, this is a th- like, there are restaurants on there who have to make it right. Like, uh,
0: people who are just uh, Spago is going to be on the list, obviously, like you know. I mean, look, go back and listen to, you know, we had Bill Addison on uh, just a few weeks ago. You can go back and listen yeah. to that, um, that chat and uh, his approach. Um, I don't know. And the rankings are back, babies. So yeah. that was, you know, we'll see. Um, you know, look, there's, I don't know how many thousand restaurants in LA and, and however far they expand to consider LA. So I think to your point, just being on the list, Yeah. But then you get on the list and you're like, wait, where are we on the list? Wait, where's that number? I don't know. Because like, I'm, and, I'm like, you're like, bro, you owe me a shot. All right. All right. All right. I'll, uh, we'll make good on that. My, my, so we both say yes. I'm, I'm saying one through 50. And you're saying 50 plus. All right. Yeah. I'll come in. We'll do onion rings in right. a shot. Fair. All right. Avish, congratulations on everything again. Congratulations on the, uh, Eater Award, the Michelin Award, everything like that, uh, the list. And, uh, we have another song from the archives and their live performance here on Snacky Tunes on Heritage Radio Network. Appreciate you, brother.
1: keep non-profit food radio on the air, and get a limited-release HRN t-shirt designed by artist Chema Scandal. When you become an HRN member or renew your existing membership at the $90 level, you'll receive a shirt created exclusively for members as our thank you gift. Don't wait, because this limited-edition t-shirt is only available until December 31st. Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate to support HRN at any level. There's more swag and benefits available for any tax-deductible donation. You can even get your company on the HRN airwaves as a perk of our business membership program. Head to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate.
0: We have CJ Fly live in studio. CJ, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. What's up, bro? Thanks for being here. Uh, you were born to a uh, Jamaican and Barbadian parent. Yes, sir. How did that influence you growing up, and what did you pull from each of their cultures that you can determine? Uh, well,
3: it basically made me into like this almost i don't want to call myself superhuman but like you know you, you, you can you, call yourself that yeah, yeah all right cool superhuman you know it makes me like my parents are like two cool west indian parents you know so to take both like uh both of their like cultures and and, and their swags to make me is like amazing thing you know
0: I like to look at my parents and pick out their best traits. And when I see like it's something poor inside of me, yeah. I was like, well, I'm not like that side <laughs> of that. Yeah. So what are some of the more defining qualities that you took from your mom and from your dad's side that influenced your, your work and kind of your drive? Uh, well, growing up, my dad only played reggae. You feel me? Like people like are
3: shocked to know that I wasn't raised on like Wu Tang and Tribe. You know, I found out about a lot of that stuff from my own. My mom's being from Barbados, she's like raised on Soca and Calypso music, and that was her upbringing. So she like introduced me to that world too.
0: I don't know if it's that that surprising. I think a lot of artists, you think because of the music that they make, that's what they grew up listening to. Mm -hmm. But I think that you'll find the ones that truly define themselves and have a certain something special. It's because they're specifically not raised on that music for sure, and have those outside influences and then find their own thing. But it's always run through the filter of like, I want to go back to what I know from growing up. For sure. I'm basically like, I'm a Brooklynite,
3: so I'm a product of my environment. You know, Brooklyn is like the mega of hip hop. You know, New York is one of the places that people recognize lyricists for. Like, you know, so it's like me being from here and then having the mixture of that is a mixture of those both flavors. You know, people don't even know hip hop was started like from like I think, in my opinion, Jamaicans. You
0: know, DJ Cool Hurt, mm-hmm. a Jamaican guy who came to New York and made his own wave. You know, so who from your dad's side will start there first? Uh, did he really play for you growing up and and has stuck with you through all the years? Um, one of my favorite artists of all time is Booty Mountain. Free him. He's in jail
3: right now. Uh, Barris Hammond. Sizzler, Capleton, like, a lot of the more uh, old-school reggae stuff, not, like, newer stuff. He did play the newer stuff, like Vibes Cartel, Bounty Killen, and all those guys, but, like, that was the main, like, thing, like, right there, like, his generation of reggae, you know? Bob Marley, those things, you know? hmm And from your mom's side, who did she listen to? My mom was weird. She, so she listened to her soca and Calypso music, and then she had a mixture of, like, R&B, not rap. So she had, like, uh, some Allison—is it Allison Hines? Allison Hines, like— Rupee and a couple other artists and stuff like that and then my mom would like listen to like jaheem <laughs> and jagged edge and like all of those things mixed with that you know what i'm saying so and did they incur or who got control of the stereo who- well my parents were never together oh, okay so it was two separate oh, okay type of experiences you know a different vibe like even my grandmother's house like her food would be like the whole beige side of it and my
0: dad's side would be like curry oxtails all that type of stuff you know do you have a preference now or is there one do you have one specific is there like a favorite dish from one side and a favorite dish from another side yeah for sure uh my mom she loves this dish called cuckoo
3: it's like cornmeal mixed with like uh some vegetables and some other things and they cook it with like sides like flying fish and it's cool I like that a lot what's flying fish A fish that literally flies Out of the water Oh it's
0: not like A clever name It's literally just A flying fish No it literally flies you go to Barbados You'll see
3: that motherfucker Jump out the water (laughs) Keep jumping So uh, flying fish Is one of my favorites From Barbados Uh, They have fish cakes too I have like Three favorite Barbados dishes Like flying fish Fish cakes And like maybe The cuckoo You know can you taste the difference because the fish is aerated? <laughs> it's not actually flying, <laughs> flying. Like, it just jumps out of the water for a little bit,
0: like on some sandwich. But what over its lifetime, it's still out of the water more than most fish. Possibly, yeah. That's why it's a flying fish. Yeah. <laughs> you know, flop. <laughs> and then from your dad's side, what
3: dishes? Uh, I love stew peas, which is oxtail mm-hmm. and uh, with red peas in it. I love jerk chicken. Anything jerk, I love. I love spicy foods, you know. Um... And what else? Aki and saltfish, which is the national dish from Jamaica. And what is that? Uh, It's basically like this plant. It's like yellow and it has like black seeds in it. That's the aki. Saltfish is basically codfish. I don't know if you've ever had that. Mm -hmm. They basically mix those two together and put like some pepper in it. And it becomes this like beige and yellow mixture with peppers. And it's just beautiful, man. It's like art. And have they taught you any of the dishes themselves? Do you cook? Uh, A little bit. They haven't taught me like the super nice things that I like yet, you know, because they obviously, I think my dad especially wants to cook
0: for me still like, so he doesn't want me to like not need him anymore. (laughs) I mean, I feel like those dishes, uh, especially in national heritage dishes, uh, like tortilla from Spain. Yeah. They're so simple, Mm -hmm. but it takes 200 times for you to go from your first try, which is fine to okay, this has all the history, all the nuances, all the... You have to know that in the 33-minute, you got to do this one thing. For sure. I'm, like, I suck
3: cooking rice. Like, yeah. I just bought a rice maker the other day. Okay. So, me making rice is not
0: a successful thing right now, but, like... I feel like maybe with the parents, or my mom um, makes a lot of dishes, but what she makes the best is jam. and it's Jam jam? Jam jam. What? From jam. And, it, and it's, it's simple. It's just sugar, lemon, and the fruit itself. So, it's really tight. simple, but the most easy thing to mess up because it's just so simple mm. so it takes you know sitting with her all the hours to to cook it just yeah. to make sure it's like okay you got to look for this you got to do this stuff That's so maybe you can go back to your dad and be like look i, I you can still cook for me it's going to yeah. take a lot of hours between now and then but for sure but don't wait till it's too late for me to, to learn the I subtlety. Say, for sure it's like i definitely want
3: to learn how to cook all of these jamaican dishes because i plan to move to the west coast one day my mm-hmm. dad doesn 't live over there, so
0: right. it's like I need to ha- be able to su- survive somehow well now you just screwed up because you told him this is he's your anchor food now <laughs> he's like he's like i can't t- you can't move to the west coast until Fact. I teach you
3: no literally uh until I find like actual restaurants I like out there too you know sweet Chick's spot to go out there so I 'll be fine
0: yeah, and then from Brooklyn itself, what are the dishes that you had growing up that define your childhood that are not from the parents' side uh jerk chicken patties from Golden crust, mm. jerk chicken from
3: like the jerk spot on no Street and church avenue uh. Roti. You know about roti? Mm-hmm. Roti. Uh, what else? Uh,
0: <laughs> I don't know, man. And then uh, what's the spice level that you can hit? And what are the spice levels of the different cuisines? Are mom and dad the same, or is it a varying degree? Well, let's just fact check. My mom doesn't cook okay. herself. Mom doesn't cook.
3: Grandma <laughs> and my auntie. Oh, your auntie cooks. Yeah. Okay. So, but um, we they have their own like hot sauce, too, which is like some weird yellow hot sauce with like peppers in it mm-hmm. that's pretty hot and then there's jamaican hot sauce like grace's hot sauce yeah which is pretty hot but it's like more like on the acidic side and mm-hmm. spicy and then um so i think they both like have like their own spice levels but for me i, I can't go to the super painful like lip and tongue infuriating pain right pe- uh, uh spices you know so I think it's mainly like
0: jerk and from there back. you know. Right. So you can still have the spice, but also taste the food underneath. Yeah. I've never been able to go to that insane part because then you're just all, you're just eating something covered in. It's too some, much. It's too much. It's too intense. Food shouldn't be intense. It should be like more of a comfortable thing. It yeah. should be like very happy to eat food. And you can just ease into the spice levels. You get think of something to work towards. Not just, it's not a game. Yeah, for sure. Can we hear a song? Uh, yeah, I got you. What are you going to play first? Uh, let's do Now You Know, my single that's out right now. Okay, yeah. from from the new record. Yeah, Fly Trap. Okay, great. December knife. All right, live on Snacky Tunes.
3: Fly. Fly Trap coming soon, December knife. Hope you had a say, you know. 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 Hope you had a you know. sing you Now you know you fucked up. Cause a nigga looked up. Now you really look dumb, tell me how that shit go, tell me how that shit go Now you know you fucked up, cause a nigga looked up Now you really look dumb, tell me how that shit go, tell me how that shit go Seen too many niggas switch sides Getting tired of the dick riding you lukewarm warm, I'm John Blaze, my shit's fire Either in the stool, or I'm getting high I don't make a lie, but I'm getting by I know I sin, but a nigga try I could roll this weed in a nigga time Tell me break it down, smell it with a pot. Only 22, so I'm in my prime. Made it here without committing crimes. Making paper off some different lines To my life and put it in these rounds Transformation like a Megatron Give my music everything I got And I don't think that I ever stop A leader, you don't catch me with a fuck Some people say that I'm a witty foe. Why the hell a nigga quitting for? Gotta get a to put in my folks I just gotta make a bigger quote. I just gotta make a bigger quote. Now you know you fucked up. <laughs> Cousin nigga, <laughs> really look you know nigga looked up. Now you really look dumb. Tell me how the shit go. Tell me how the shit go. Now you know you fucked up. Cousin nigga looked up. Now you really look dumb. Tell me how the shit go. Tell me how the shit go. Hope you had a sin, you know. Hope Edison, you had a sin, you know. Hope 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 you had a sin, you know.
0: you started writing poetry when you were in fourth grade does any of that still carry over uh yeah it does because when i learned to write poetry i was
3: learning to write cursive too and i can remember that exact moment of my dad being like your handwriting is deplorable (laughs) you know so i remember writing rhymes and shit like that and he'll be like yo i can't even read this chicken scratch but in my mind it was always like i can read it you know that's all that mattered to me me being able to read my own words so from there on like i started writing poetry and 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 that developed and turned into rap music. Have you gone back and looked at the early works? I don't even know where it is. I'm sure my dad has, like, so many backpacks in his closet. But, like, we had a flood once, and it messed up, like, a lot of my old school books and mm. stuff. So a lot of my old archive stuff got damaged through, like, damages, like home I, damage.
0: I mean, it's like going back and reading it. You probably thought it was so great then, and it might be pretty painful now to go, <laughs> to go and do it. It's funny, man. I, I,
3: my cousin always says to me, like, yo, you remember your old raps? And I'm like, yeah. But I remember my cousin telling me, like, he
0: didn't get them then, you know? So I'm sure there will be some type of, like, gem within that. Right. You're like, there's one line out of all the notebooks That's- that we'll just carry for, like, 20 years. Of course, yeah. Because
3: even people come up to me now and say, like, my verse on, like, Hard Knock with Joey is one of my best. And that was such a young me that didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy to me that they think, like, the youth, uh, youthful version of me was, like,
0: more, like, you know? Some people f- talk about the creative process as just coming from nowhere. Like You don't have a choice. Exactly. It, Natural. So the universe wanted it to happen. So did, did anyone around you, I mean, obviously you grew up in Brooklyn, so you were surrounded by hip-hop, but poetry is a distinct difference between rapping and, and writing lyrics. So mm-hmm. where do you think or do you have any sense, and you can say just came, where the poetry started from before it evolved into writing lyrics?
3: Uh, I think I've always been very expressive as far as like writing goes. I'm an only child. So, like, me being an only child influenced me to try to communicate through my music, you know? I didn't really grow up with anybody to communicate with. So my music is the tool I have and use to basically speak to the world, you know? So with that being said, um, yeah, through through me, like, trying to, like, get my message and get my story out there, basically, like, I feel like I, I took poetry and used it as a platform, you know? And, and uh, I think even through the reggae, the reggae, I, I heard the lyrics, and I, I knew that that was poetry in itself, you know, like, Baris Hammond and Buju Banta, and they were, like, poets of their own culture, you know, speaking of their story and, and the story of their country. So I wanted to do the same. And I think it started from that timing, you know, just understanding words from my parents playing
0: it, you know. And how did the evolution in your own mind go from writing poetry to writing lyrics? Or where did you begin to see the shift? This is a poem, but now this is definitely a lyric. I feel like before I was way more like writing poetry.
3: I was writing poetry more on a emotional tip. So putting my emotions into the the sheet of paper, you know? Now it's more of a I find like a topic or a target audience I wanna tap into and make a song for that specifically, you know? Then it
0: was just like me writing a poem for myself. And now I'm writing lyrics for the world. And did those po did the poetry and the lyrics get you into the performance arts high school?
3: Uh nah actually Went to school for uh, communication arts. Oh, okay. Yeah, so everybody else was going there for, uh, like, acting and, like, uh, other programs and shit. But I was literally there for, like, communication arts only. What is communication arts? I couldn't tell you. Just a a fancy (laughs) name for nothing.
0: Nothing. But that's where you
3: met your entire clique. Yeah, basically. We uh, went to high school together, and we were all ciphering in the hallway together and shit. And obviously, when, when, like, let's say ten people are rapping, you know the three that are nice. You know what I'm saying? That was our energy, and we always, like, chill with each other, and we had, like, a similar goal to be the best you know like i didn't learn about entendres and
0: stuff like that until i met Steves and all the rest of the homies you know and were you still at a young enough age where you were allowed to be vulnerable and ask questions like yeah. how did the education process happen i mean we're talking about high school so you think 16 70s not that old but mm-hmm. still at that age within any situation you want to sometimes act as much but did you have a certain persona in the hallways mm-hmm. and then you'd be like okay what do you mean mm-hmm. behind closed doors or how did the formation take place as far as the crew
3: yeah Uh, we were cutting class together. So after the cyphers and all that, we was like, okay, these are the guys, you know? You identify everybody as artists, you know? And then you see who you mesh with perfectly and who meshes with everybody else well, too. Because there were some people that could have been in the crew, but they didn't mesh well with everybody else. They had, like, personal, whatever problems. You know what I'm saying? So we just clicked instantly. We all used to cut class together and create. We tried to record, like, in the auditorium. Like, we were just doing everything we shouldn't have been doing just to create. And now there's a program at our school for making music which is dope because of us you right. know and that's dope that we have that program there like because we used to cut class just to do what we had to do so it started through that and then we just started building and years passed and everything just blew off and took up what was the first show together like oh uh, the first show together was crazy I think the homies had another show that I wasn't at and that solidified it and then the next show was like crazy like we went on a tour that summer it was insane man like A lot of magic Like we just knew
0: It was something special It wasn't like a Random feeling You know You don't need to give Like the best story Because you can keep that thing But what's like The second best story From that tour Second best
3: story From the tour Damn I mean it was Three like 17, 16, 18 year old kids Just traveling around America Just touring for the first time Seeing people like React great to us So like There was so many things We shroom tripped On that On that uh, tour Like that was a crazy timing You know It was dope to See the fans react to us The way they did For our first time You know So And where did you get the name
0: Progressive Era from, or how did that come about? Uh, Naming is is difficult no matter what, the artistic endeavor. So where did that come through? And does someone claim to it, or is it a fuzzy, like, I think I said it, no, I think I said it? No, Steve
3: definitely came up with it, and then he asked our homie Powers what he thought about it, and then we Joey and myself came next after that, and then we solidified it, you know? So, like, it was more of a school thing. Like, we were in, in school learning history, so, like, it was something we learned about within the four years we were there, and it ended up popping out as the perfect name for us, you know?
0: Did you feel that you had veto power by the time I got to you? Like we we want to go with this, we'll ask you, but we're really gonna go with this. I was with it.
3: I, I wasn't like super picky. I was just more. We we all didn't have our our rap names now too. Like everybody changed their rap name a little bit too. Like Steez was J Steez, Joey was J O V. I was like before I met them, I was C J Fresh. So like we had to solidify ourselves too. In addition to the group name, so like it was something we built on. Luckily, we knew about the the whole time period, so it makes sense for us. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. Uh, School and, school and school. How did you go from fresh to fly? I mean, fresh is kind of cheesy, you know? <laughs> fly was, like, a term we were using, like, at the time. And, like, we went, people were saying, like, in, like, junior high school, I remember people being like, yo, you look fresh today. And I got to high school and started switching up my style and people started calling me fly. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. Oh, CJ so the people, Fly.
0: <laughs> the people named it for you.
3: Yeah, I mean, in my high school, I was known as the fly guy. So, like, it made sense and everything connected. I used to have dreams as a kid of me just leaping off my back and starting to fly and soar. And I was like, this is perfect for me, like, even at my mom's house in Bedstar, we had like a, a plumbing problem, and the the, the shower rod came off and a swarm of flies comes out, and like I felt like Batman, bro. Before a swarm of flies comes out, I'm like, oh man, this is meant to be. So it could have been Roaches. I could have been CJ Roach, you know <laughs> Can
0: we hear another song? Yeah, of course. What are you gonna play? Italian Friendship. This is from our first mixtape. Uh okay, live on Snacky Tunes.
2: Check.
3: Yo, yo. Was one of the happiest fellas when I first met Bella. We started off as just friends and exchanged love letters. Became best friends and figured there was no one better. I told her we was going to be homies forever. You're not the type that I would often meet. More from the magazine, not on the street Feeling like the man when she would walk with me Her mom is a lawyer, her daddy a cop Got another chick on the side, but I ain't scared of her pops She don't talk about her family a lot When I'm with her, she love to stare at her watch I connected the dots, third eye squinting Cause I'm trying to see things through Figured out what we gonna do, kinda hungry Let's go eat some food, to Little Italy Her family spot, I'm trying to change my diet So I won't be having a lot And older the said when you go to sit facing the door, so you can gaze at the floor In case of breaking the Wall. we walked in they sat us down pronto had a short convo and even i know not to hurt my italiano she told me get her a drink and be ready for this i said what her dad popped up and started asking for a wedding and said let me know when i got a reverend friend either you get her a ring or we get in the ring her brother asked me it. if i wanted a slice So I tell told him, him one would be nice i, I sat said there hoping he ain't come with his knife i'm in a love triangle how did i get into this love triangle <laughs> love triangles <laughs> Fuck it, don't give a shit, I'm infamous for having
0: shit New record, Fly Trap Yes, sir Out December 9th Yes, sir, it's my mom's birthday Oh, happy birthday, mom That's significance, people don't even know that Well, now they do Yeah <laughs> Happy birthday, mom, congratulations appreciate it What was the process of putting the new record together?
3: Uh, well, I haven't put out music for the last two to three years So it was a lot of patience, a lot of anxiety Uh, I put all my life experiences into it, Uh, not every single one, but like the ones that mattered for this specific project, you know And I think people are gonna like it man. Like it was not
0: a long process, but it it Definitely Took some thinking, you know, some people will write 50 a hundred tracks and then they'll call it down Uh, Some people will just sit down and the record will just come out. Were you one or the other in the middle?
3: Uh, Definitely went through 50 to 100 tracks and then I, I refined it down to the specific sound of cohesiveness, you know, so I've definitely made those 50 tracks And now I have three albums in a stash. Okay, so now I have some work to do But I definitely made this project like something that was very concentrated and the clarity is very key and the message is there, you
0: know And what would you say the message is from three years ago from your last your last record to what you have to say now? Like, even at the record I just performed, uh, that song
3: was more like a storytelling, me trying to be on my, uh, what's the movie called? The Bronx a Bronx Tale, mm-hmm. vibe, you know? Mm-hmm. Now I'm more like my own life, my own movie, you know? That's what this project is. Like, I feel like the first mixtape, I was sitting in a movie theater with a projection coming from my eye, basically, to say, like, I'm in a theater, and I'm about to watch something, or you're about to watch something, and now this is one of my first films, you know? So there's a difference where I was trying to emulate other films and shit like that, and now I'm trying to do
0: my own, like, film direction, you know? And did you pull from your click to be able to get reference points or to get feedback, or was this just a solo endeavor? It was a solo endeavor, but I definitely played it for them for the
3: last two years. Like, the project really changed uh, quicker than I thought it would. Like, I thought it was done last December, and then I came back to New York. Like, last summer I was in Canada working on it, and then I thought I was done, came back to New York December, I'm like, this is the project. And it wasn't actually done yet. In the last, like, January to, like, August, that's when the project really completed, and I recorded so many new records and shit, so it got finished this year, and and, and it's a different vibe from what it was before, because I, I, I actually got to figure out what I wanted to do, and played it for the homies, seen their opinion, changed a few things, but I didn't ask what they thought I should do. I just did it, and then said, this is what it is, you know what I'm saying?
0: And what was it that you thought was done, and then it wasn't, just down to the, the bone of it? What do you mean? Well, what was it that you thought it was done last December, and then what did you go and back and change in the, the oh. following eight months?
3: I mean, I, I didn't feel like it was as perfectly cohesive as it is right now. I think right now, like, the clarity is key. You know, you hear every single thing and word that I'm saying and, and know what I'm talking about, and it all ties into each other. Before, it was more like a compilation of songs that I made in the last two years, which was some of my best, or some of my, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm different vibe joints and now like i definitely pinpointed what i wanted the whole album to sound like in a whole and i've captured that and it's there fly trap and you have an ode to your grandfather on there yes
0: sir how did that come about
3: uh well last summer he passed away rest in peace and i was out there uh for the funeral and and basically uh i stayed with my grandmother for a month because i just felt like she needed somebody to you know what i'm saying lean on and through that process i finished like a lot of songs like made songs for him like i was sitting in the garage and the song that i made came to me through sitting in the garage just thinking about him you know so everything just came naturally through the life life experiences you know did she teach you anything about cooking while you were with her nah man it's kind of i don't know if she's gonna hear this but it made me sad to think that like love is actually a factor in cooking
0: it kind of felt like the food tasted different since he passed away you, he- I mean, you hear that all the time. I don't think that's an odd statement. No, that's I- true. I think that it, it, it comes, again, it comes in that subtlety and nuance. And also, when you're cooking for people, especially if you're married for a long time, mm-hmm. you cook a certain way. You know mm-hmm. they like a little bit of this. So exactly. So if they're not there to cook for or to guide the hand exactly. or reach for that spice, exactly. it does change. That, and my grandmother is diabetic now, so she's not using as much sugar and salt
3: and all the things she used to use. So it's a little more like... Uh, cholesterol
0: free you know what I'm saying. what's gonna be amazing is you're gonna chase those flavors for the rest of your life i already know i already know well i want to thank you for coming by the show i want to make sure we have time for one more track where can people get the record how can people find you how can people see you live the record will be on all
3: platforms itunes amazon google play uh title you name it it'll be there definitely checking out december 9th you might get it like a day early we, we try to figure out everything you know okay and uh, how can people find you book you uh, you can find me on socials Flyst in the era f l y e s t i n t h e e e r a i'm sorry so long that was like my high school like mind making that twitter account yeah, and you can't change it. I can, but the guy who has CJ Fly doesn't want to give it up. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, that can be fixed. Yeah, hopefully. We'll you just figure gotta, it out. You just got
0: to get bigger than him and become the authorized person. Of course. I'm going to Twitter. See what they're saying. They can probably help. For sure. Uh, well, thanks for coming by. Thank uh, you. Big shout out to Darren as well out on the West Coast. Please make sure to vote for Snacky Tunes for Taste Awards. We would really appreciate it. Bit.do backslash stvote. What are you going to take us out with?
3: Uh, I have this song called Diamonds that... It's like a record for the world. It's not just for the youth and my fans. Like, I feel
0: like your mom might hear it and like it. So definitely play it for her. All right. Mom, this goes out to you. (laughs) Shout out to all the mamas. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back next week with another episode of Snacky Tunes.
3: form from pressure but don't be so hard on yourself uh, uh, uh. no diamonds form from pressure but don't be so hard on yourself don't you worry about a thing just keep shining show them how bright you are even if it blinds them if you like to dance depending on the light and some people see you and they get so wicked made this one for all the miners in a dark place where you might just find us made it out and with a few survivors one of their wants and their desires What I learned and made me wiser Cause we've been tough Lose a lot as soon as we can cut You know where we came from, it was rough Hard differentiating what is love Feel no way if someone try to pick you up Brazilian, even when they give you funny looks Got them by the wrist just like some cubs. Kill for you cause that's the shit that money does And let your dreams get crushed No diamonds form from pressure But don't be so hard on yourself No diamonds fall from pressure But don't be so hard on yourself No diamonds fall from pressure But don't be so hard on yourself No diamonds fall from pressure But don't be so hard on yourself You keep on shining You keep on shining You keep on shining, cause you are a diamond, you keep on shining, you keep on shining, you keep on shining, Cause you are a diamond, you keep on shining, you keep on shining, you keep on shining, Cause you are a diamond, you keep on shining, you keep on shining, you keep on shining, cause you are a diamond, diamond. Fly Trap out, December 9th. Make sure you go get that. Thank you, Snacky Tunes, for having me. Fly!
2: <laughs> Forever. We talk about food. We talk about music. With musical dudes. Finger on the pulse. Snacky tunes.